Tune in to today's episode of Two Old Coots Talk. Two Old Coots Talk about intermittent problems versus consistent problems, falling off of roofs and falling through ceilings, how growing up poor and in the country brought about resilience in our lives and many, many other things. Stay tuned today. It'll be a blessing. God bless you. You have a great day. wondering is it live or is it memorex it's live from new york or actually live from the metropolis of jerome idaho on monday morning yay yay it's the monday morning show and it's turned into one here because we are getting we are getting a gully washer of rain now you got to understand jerome is high desert so total annual rainfall is like nine inches eight to nine inches this weekend we're getting at least an inch of rain. So we're getting a ninth of our, uh, about a tenth of our uh, annual rainfall in one weekend. It is just a gully washing flood out here. Uh, wow. And, you know, I guess, uh, I guess the ground, because we had just yesterday uh, tornadoes come through the area. Oh, man. And uh, we, had an, we had an inch of rain in one hour. Oh, mercy. Now, we've never had that here. It, it, I, not that I've ever seen here. Uh, ours is more spread out. It doesn't. It, when I was a little kid living in Missouri, I lived outside of Iberia for a bit there with Grandpa Grandpa Kissinger you know, for one year, and he and he said he said you, you're going to want to come in. I was out in the field. He said you're going to want to come in. It's going to rain. And I thought, well, you know, it's, it's going to rain. And I mean, it, before I got in, it was. The, the, I'm telling you, the raindrops were the size of buckets. I mean, I, I don't know. It was the it was the wettest rainstorm I've ever been in. And you and I used to live in Oregon, where it rains 90 inches a year. <laughs> that was the wettest rainstorm I was ever in. I mean, back, somehow back there, that humidity turns into gallon bucket drops. <laughs> yeah. And out here, I mean, out here, it's, it's raining, and it's raining fairly consistently, but they're not, it's not like it is there. Yeah, no. yeah, it, uh, probably the, that's why they have flash floods out west, isn't it, that the, yeah. that the land is not set in such a way that it's used to large amounts, not so when all. it washes down the gullies yes. and stuff, it yes. I had pretty seen, devastating. And, and our roofs and stuff, I don't think, are really set up for it, because like, when I came into school this morning, I had a couple of dead pigeons that didn't make it out of the torrential rain, and so they're out, in front, of the, they're out in front of the building, and I'm going around cleaning up everything else in the building, which is multiplied by you know nasty weather. And uh, a parent had called about it, and I hadn't got to it, and then a parent called again about it, and finally I went out in the pouring rain and took care of the pigeon problem. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't have better things to do than be a mortician for the pigeons. You know, like, <laughs> what you get a calling card? What does it say? Pigeon mortician. You know. <laughs> Bring, well, we got to specialize in something. I yeah, yeah. Bring, bring your loving bird to us. We'll make sure that he has a one-way trip somewhere. You know, he's not hes not a homing pigeon. He's not coming back, you know. And I don't know. But, uh, hey, i got a question for you. Here's here's a, a, a puzzle. Now, you're, you're going to get it wrong. I'm going to tell you. Is it better to have a consistent problem or an intermittent problem? Okay, I'm going to get you got to answer me. Which one? Okay. Uh, Better to have a uh, intermittent. Uh, 
intermittent? No, no. See, you got that wrong. I knew you would. I, I knew you would think that that was the right answer because you would get relief from the problem for some time, and then the problem comes back. See, think about it this way. Whenever your car starts making that weird, bizarre noise and it quits doing certain things or starts doing things it's not supposed to do, but it does it intermittently, when will the intermittent, when will it work? When you know it will work is when you take it to the mechanic to fix the problem and he turns it on and it turns right on and it doesn't make the funky noise and it doesn't do the weird thing but as soon as you get it back from the mechanic it is instantly doing the bad problem again. See what I'm saying? That makes sense. So you can't yeah, get it fixed. Perfect. And if it's a consistent problem then you can easier troubleshoot it but if it's intermittent then you don't know what you're looking for. So I've got a couple of vacuum cleaners that are uh, that were giving my one of my workers problems Unfortunately, it's an intermittent problem. So when I get the vacuum cleaner to the lady that fixes them, it doesn't act up when she has them. But as soon as I get them back for my worker to use at night, it's it's off again. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And the other thing about it is is that another reason why we're very consistent is good is that um, intermittent, you tend to... Uh, forget about it, and also I, I think it almost creates more anxiety to have it <laughs> intermittent because you're always wondering if you, you know, when is the next bomb going to kind of yeah. drop? When, when will the next shoe drop? <laughs> is the, is the old old timers would say. Now I don't know where that came from. You have any idea when the next shoe will drop? Is that I don't I don't know. You know, I mean, I've heard of things. You know, like the Saved by the Bell that you know, has kind of maybe either. Uh, relates to boxing and you know you better get beat up and so the bell rings or the right. older idea that the bells were placed in strings and coffins way back in the <laughs> you know 17 1800s um uh, to uh because people went into comas and to make sure that they you know they really they could dead. get out yeah, if they yeah, they're really dead so if they started ringing their bell then they could dig them up really fast you know well, uh, and I, I don't know that if that's even you're a right after you're walking through a graveyard and hear bells <laughs> ringing, man. Dude, no wonder people yeah. whistle past graveyards. They don't hear no bells, you know. Like, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, a place where you don't want to hear any noise. Yeah, you want it to be dead silent, so to speak, you know, so to speak, metaphorically. Yes, yeah, but... Oh. I don't know, unless um, unless uh, it would have to do with, uh, that would be interesting, uh, you know, unless it has to do with, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, you'd be living in a two-story house when, the, you know, we, we had, of course, one where, where there was just boards and rafters, you know, and no, <laughs> no drywall or, you know, anything. So you could literally hear what's, you could see oh. what's going on down there through the cracks, you know. Oh, so, yeah. so uh, you know, so probably stomping on the floor was how you let somebody know you needed them, you know. I, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what the... Do you remember when when Michael and I both fell through the ceiling? That that ceiling in the house you're talking yeah. about on the ceiling. Yeah. Mike fell through. He was sleeping upstairs with us, and we had the plywood kind of in the middle of the attic. But he got up and did either slept walk or was trying to go to the bath. I don't know what he was doing, but he ended up laying in the kitchen right next to the cast iron wood yeah. cook stove. It's amazing he didn't brain himself. And he's looking around like, where am I? And we're like, we're like, what'd you do? Looking down through the hole and seeing Michael down there. And somehow. I got up one one night or something, and I stepped stepped wrong, and I ended up standing in my mom's bedroom downstairs. Yep. And I'm 
I was yeah. standing there going, wow, what happened? <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was so fast, I really didn't realize what happened. I didn't understand what happened. I just knew that I was standing in my mom's bedroom, and I was supposed to be standing upstairs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of like transportation, you know, from I fell off to that, Star Trek. Yeah. I fell off that roof, too, the, the old house roof. We were up there trying to replace some cedar shingles with Leo, and it was one of these days like today where it was wet, and those cedar shakes are slick when they're wet, man. Yeah. And yes. I did it. <laughs> Fortunately, the ground was very rain-soaked, and so it was really almost like landing on a carpet, like a pile carpet. It knocked the wind out of me, but no broken bones. I mean, yeah. God had mercy on us growing up, man. And we oh, yeah, yeah, yes. stupid <laughs> stuff and survived hell about it. It was crazy what were you know, your I, memories from there do you remember any crazy stuff happening down there yeah i well uh, one of the things i kind of i like about kind of how i got to grow up was that of course at the time well at the time i didn't really think much about it one way or the other is how i grew up you know so other people that had new gadgets or whatever you know i might I didn't really think too much about it, but you know, I had a great childhood. I, yeah, I, I mean, good. You know, we we ran through in, we you know we ran through the woods and you know uh, looked up at. Uh, I know there weren't a lot of them at the time, but I mean, literally looked up at trees and saw where bears had scratched. Yeah, you know, their, their, you know, and yeah, walked by yeah. dead deer that uh, we were pretty sure were ate by panthers, and yeah. you know, I mean. I, Uh, yeah. 
you know. Yeah. So and um, and again, a good a good experience. I, don't I love it. I actually regret it. <laughs> we played outside. We would go outside in the morning and not come back till it was dark, man. I mean, we had. Yeah. And, and uh, people today, uh, we live. There's a um, there's kind of there's a place. I used to deer hunt on this property, but they turned it into a winery and uh, and a uh, kind of a big. Uh, I don't know what you call it. I call it camping for the rich. Uh, yeah. They they took this property and turned it into a place where folks from St. Louis who who have lots and lots of money come down, and that's their version of camping. Well, their version of camping is still a, uh, in, in this case, at least, you know. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, uh, you know, and uh, but literally people now, uh, people now go back to what we lived as kids as a stress relief from the society. Yeah, that was our life. And they go back and go, I'm going to go do bushcraft in the woods, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome you know, to our cabin and be out there for a week, you know, and the, the really hardy folks, you know, they go out and do what we did for, I skinned, uh, you know. So. I, I skinned a deer for Tony, um, my my son. We used borax and skinned a deer and, you know, worked on the pelt and because uh, uh, just because he wanted it, deer hide. You know, uh-huh. we did it. You know, I, I don't know if I did it right, but I did it, you know, scraped. So borax will work as a tanning agent. Well, apparently it works at getting the getting the meat off of it, getting the oh. stuff uh, off of it. So okay. yeah, you use borax and it was some, it was some mixture. It was borax and something else I put on it. I can't remember now. Not lie, because lie would eat it. What was that? I, I cannot remember now. But we we did that when he got his first deer, just just to do it, you know. And and so I, there's a lot of fun stuff, man. You can you, you can do. And I don't know. We had, we had a good childhood. That's all I know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I loved it. I. Uh, uh, it's, uh, if you don't know what you're missing, then you're not you're not discontent. But then you know what are you really missing? I mean, most of now life has been so. Life has so much information and so much busyness and so much stuff. Insanity. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That it almost is is insane as opposed to a simpler life is actually to be uh, lost. Can you imagine yeah. David Thoreau today? I mean, he goes out on Walden Pond because stuff was too crazy in civilization back then. Can you imagine what he would think just in the average person's life today if he were around? He'd run screaming into the woods, <laughs> like you know. Uh, well, yes, and and I, I think the problem with that is is that you know just do counseling with kids and you know different folks that I think that uh, the problem is is that we have way too much information. Most yeah. of it is unnecessary. Yes. It doesn't really relate to our life personally, no. and therefore we're not we don't do well. We're yeah. we have information overload, which gives us anxiety and gives us. Anxiety about uh, stuff we can't do anything about. I mean, you know, like right, the, the right. news media will pump these stories and put them every hour on the hour for the whole hour about stuff that I can't do anything about. I mean, I pray about it, which I do. Uh, I can vote, which I do. You know, but beyond beyond those things, and maybe maybe I might uh, you know join uh, join a group to share my opinion or something. But mostly, I can't do anything about it. You know, and so, but it's pumping it like you need to do something about it, but I can't do anything about it. So it creates a sense of angst and anxiety that's unnecessary. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, it, it's hurting us because we don't have a we don't.
don't have the simple life as the old whatever, whatever it was show back in the early 2000s or 90s about <laughs> yeah, the two rich girls. Yeah, who, yeah. you know, went to, the simple life. Yeah, yeah. Paris Hilton and uh, Richie, Nicole Richie, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, that went to live in what was normal life. <laughs> the simple life, which was actually normal life for most of the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I can't yeah. I can't stay too much longer. I did want to ask you what what kind of a like like if you could talk to a large family. One thing we don't talk a lot about because we do kind of more ministry stuff, but we're both from large families. What like what key what kind of thing would you tell somebody to make to make their life easier? Uh, somebody that's got a large family, like like for example, me. I'll tell you what mine is. Mine is a is a Instapot. Because uh, we have to, because like inevitably during the week, my wife and I both work, and then we have a large family still at home. We still got five at home, and then uh, a couple of adult kids, uh, kind of there. And so inevitably, you get kind of overbooked, taking kids to practices, to plays, to concerts, to parent-teacher meetings, to whatever, and then you don't have time to to cook. And then, like, if I take my family out to eat, it's going to cost me a hundred bucks. I ain't got a right. hundred bucks oh, yeah. to take out, so I've, right. I've got to find a way to prepare some food in advance for that to, to take place. And this Instapot is awesome, man, because you can put, you can prepare a large meal in it and, and have it ready to go. You know, punch it. And and it it'll make it like it'll do it in thirty minutes. It'll cook a meal that you would take six hours in a crock pot. It, it'll do it in thirty minutes. What wow! What is is that a combination of like a, a pressure, pressure cooker, cooker and uh, it, it's a pressure cooker crock pot kind of thing? Yes, and and the, and it turns out amazing food because it cooks it under high pressure. So like the flavor saturates the food. It's that is too cool, old buddy. It's awesome. I'm telling you, I love, I love the Instapot. I every week my my wife makes roast and stuff for Sunday dinner, roasts and vegetables and gravy and potatoes, and I will take the leftovers from that and cut it up and turn it into a beef stew that I'll eat either you know like Monday night or something or maybe Tuesday night. Sometimes I'll let it simmer and and I'll eat it like on a Tuesday night, but. I'm telling you, dude, you instantly have a meal ready to go. Right now, I got beans in it that I put on yesterday. I got beans and ham in it, and that's ready to go. So if, my, if, if we get too busy tonight or tomorrow night, I can, I can pop the beans out, and they're ready to go. It's awesome. Wow. Awesome. Wow. I heard about them, but I've never had anybody explain them to me, you know, so. I'm telling you, if you with a large group of people, Instapot's the way to go. And But, even, wow. but I think it's even really good for for a lot of meals that are that require, uh, like, like if you need the meat to be saturated with flavor, pressure cooking it does it, man. Oh, wow. You know, like once you put the seasonings on it and then you cook it, it really sinks into that meat. And so, that is neat. I like and, that. And, and a lot of times they come out pretty, uh, you, you know, pretty tender, real tender meat. Uh, now, now, is the size of, times, of the pot about the size of the of a regular crock pot, yeah, or is it a little bit smaller? Get, it's it's same size. You can get them. You can get five quarts. Mine's a five quart one. It's a big, bigger one. Uh, wow! I love it, man. I'm telling you, huh. it's 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 awesome. It saved me. I, I don't know how much money it saved me because because I have a meal, and, and even and yeah. even when we buy pizza. We'll buy five, six pizzas to feed us. Yes. You know, and so, 
So, you know, even even a quote-unquote cheap meal, or when I get chicken, I'm getting a 20-piece chicken. I, they, they don't even have a sign that has the number of chicken parts that I want on it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I come in, yeah, really. I come in the biggest is a 16-piece chicken. I go, I know I want a 20-piece. I'm like, well, I can't sell you. That. Okay, give me give me two 10 pieces. I whatever whatever works for you. I I don't care. Two tens or a 20. I, whatever. You know. You got to figure out a way to add this up to 20, guys. Yeah, Let me know how you do that. I don't care. You know. Whatever you I know want. the machine is not uh, set up for that, but you got to figure it out. Yeah, I, like, I like a 16 piece and a four piece. Okay, that's what I like. You know. <laughs> and then you're you're doing a coupon, so you know you drive around and get the five. Oh, and then drive yeah. back around again. Then you yeah. get the four. You know, there you go. And we're all about Costco, too. We call Costco the $500 store because we go in. Anytime we go in, it will be 500 bucks for us to get out of there. You know, wow, yeah. And, and sometimes we'll have two carts of stuff. You know, people are looking at us like, what do you guys run a restaurant? Like, shut up. You know, leave me alone. Must be a jitter, you know. <laughs> you know, so... I don't know, you know, of course, in my mind would be older, I guess, uh, boy, I guess it would have been, uh, of course, the family was a lot together back then, yeah. so so you wouldn't need, like, cell phones, which are no. handy, which are both blessings and kind of curses. Yeah, I know. Uh, I would say, uh, I, so I'm kind of looking back, and, you know, we were kind of old school, first first generation sort of homeschoolers, right. uh, or I would maybe say second generation homeschoolers when we did it, because first generations were back in the 70s, and they literally had to hide, and, right. and literally, you know, I mean, yeah. now it's become a, a, a pretty popular uh Accepted, even if people don't agree, kind of a, of a way of, of educating. But um, so I would say we were kind of second generation homeschoolers, right? And and uh, really pioneers. There wasn't a lot of stuff out there. You were buying school books from uh, you know from uh, from garage sales kind of things. But uh, so I, I don't know. I, I would have to say that we did use a lot of those uh, things, like um, uh, we did use. Uh, canners uh, we used the crock pot was a big one oh, yeah. uh, was, was a big one so kind of the older version of that because mm -hmm. again you can per prepare large meals and, and do advance. it uh, yeah. right right and uh, and I'll tell you that the kids that uh, the kids look back on things like they have skills so it's interesting that you can you know like my wife did a lot of things with natural fit for, for health you know so right. garlic or Garlic and honey, or or uh, you know Ignatia, or a lot of a lot of holistic natural stuff, and the kids at the time probably didn't either think much about it or didn't even like it. But then I listen to them talk now, and they they will use those very things now that they. So it does catch, you know, sure. you know, and I'm sure that was the same with our mom. You know, whatever she did, we didn't think you know very much about it at the time, or kind of you know whatever. But then it becomes such a part of you that you. You just do it, you know. Right. So, right. so for parents out there, you may not feel like your kids are getting it. Uh, at least some of them will get it because Absolutely. they will, you know, just kind of come back around again later. You know, yeah, whether it's that's my theory about the kids. I think that it takes them time to come around to their raising. I think that initially, when they get out on their own, I think they they're desperate to try their own thing their own way, and then when they realize how hard everything is. 
then you start looking, all of a sudden, you don't really care much about whose way it is. You just want it to work. You know, and, right, right. And, and I think, and so I think with a lot of my kids, I'm seeing them kind of come back around to that. But it took them a cycle, and the cycle was that they would go their own direction at first, very aggressively their own direction at first. And, and I, that's probably part of them establishing their own identity or whatever. And I'm not saying that they will come around to agree with everything that I said, because I don't know that I want them to. I, I don't even know that I agree with everything I said, you know. So, you know so, but but I, I hope that they will come around to, you know, a, a rich relationship with Jesus, a, um, you know, a vibrant faith, um, right. uh, pers- persistent, perseverance, you know, kind of a thing, even when things get hard. You know, I mean, it's basic things that I hope that they get, you know, and, and I, I think yeah. they're going to get there. You know, I think they're, I can already see the trajectory heading there with some of them. So I'm encouraged by that, you know, and, and, and I just, yeah. just take them in prayer for the rest, you know. So. Go ahead. And I think you got to be. I think you got to be careful because I think that you know um, we lived in the country, we homeschooled, we had a large family, we we did our our, our thing as parents, you know, whatever we thought we were supposed to do. And then, man, a lot of that I would go back and you know anybody who probably is really truly kind of seeking the Lord and is is saying would probably go back and change things in their life. Well, me if you too. Don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about the whole idea that you're living exactly the same life, doing exactly the same thing. If you're one of those people that's lucky enough that you feel like you did everything you're supposed to do perfectly right and whatever, okay, that's, that's fine. Not me. Yeah, that's I, not me. No, so. I, I, I have told my adult children, I said, man, I said, I just got to tell you, I sure didn't get it all right. I said, I was doing the best that I knew to do at the time. You know, I said, what, right. I, what I can assure you is that I gave you my best. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it may not have been you know, everything you needed, but I was giving you the best I had at that time, the best I knew, you know, but I, but I go, going back, I would do it different. I do a lot of stuff different, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, but, but I think the part, the thing for the future as a parent is that one of the things that, that you kind of have to come into grips with is that probably some parents, want kids to kind of follow their path, but what you were mentioning there were kind of the fundamentals. So right. I understand now that I don't care if my most of my kids probably won't have a large family. I don't blame them. Right. Yeah, I know. My, some of my kids may not homeschool, or maybe they all may not homeschool, although the way the world is going with the, you know, the, some of the yeah. crazy communistic Nonsense. stuff, I, you know, I, I think there's, you know, all of that has to be handled, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, every whatever you do has got issues or problems or, sure. or whatever. There's problems yeah. with homeschooling. Yeah. I, I don't, you know. So, um, but you know, you can, you know, some of the kids would never think of living in the country. Even though I will eventually move. I'm in the city now, but eventually I'll move back to the country. Right. Uh, I'm just a country guy. I like the country life. Amen, brother. Yeah, so, you know, you, you can kind of want them to do what you did, when in reality you probably probably should want them to get the fundamentals you're talking yep, about. That's right. Just as long as they get the fundamentals, I don't care where the, the trajectory of their life takes them, as long as they get the basics, you know. And, and, and I just want them to know I did my best. I did the very best that I knew to do at the time, you know. And, and, and what, what, what they need to understand is that's all they can do, too. You know, because they'll have, they're they're going to raise kids in far more challenging times than we did. You know, oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so 
So you just do the best you know to do, and you give that to God, and that's God's. Then God finishes them. God is the finishing school, you know, and 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 life is the finishing school. Our job is just kind of the kindergarten, get them ready for the program, and then life is the lesson. You know, they say that in school you study the lesson and take the test. In life, you take the test and learn the lesson. You know, and that's right, a, right. there's a lot of there's a lot to that. You know, and so we're, we just kind of prep them for the school of life. And when they get into the school of life, that's when the real learning takes place, you know. Right. Right. Hey, buddy, I gotta, I'm got i going to have to take off. I, I love you, bud. Sure good to talk to you. And uh, we'll yak at you later, okay? Well, you have a, you have a great week, and, uh, and uh, we'll visit. I'll tell you in the future sometime about my uh, what I learned about mentoring from a class I took that uh, actually prepares – I'm, I'm being certified to uh, help to supervise substance abuse counselors. So okay, so we, class. We'll talk about we that maybe on uh, on Friday. You think or is? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's what we'll, yeah. Interesting stuff. So okay. All right, you take care, brother. All right, buddy. You, you hang in there. All we'll right. talk later. Bye bye. Bye bye.